Welcome to Advantage Over, the only global rugby podcast to help you become a better referee. Your host today is Keith Lewis. Are you ready? Time on. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Advantage Over podcast. It's great to be back with you this week and I'm about to bring you a conversation that we recorded earlier today in the RugbyRefereeNet community group on Facebook. Um, we I spoke to a friend of mine, Nick Marshall, um, who's a member of the uh, Premiership Group of Match Officials team here in England, refereeing out of the Cheltenham area, still when he gets the opportunity. Um, but in his spare time, I'm using that in air quotes, he runs a uh, support network and community for those who suffer with poor mental health. Um, and why are we talking about this today? Because it's Mental Health Awareness Week. It's always a, a high-profile subject. It's one we, we don't apologise for talking about often. Um, but this week has a particular focus to it. Um, so hopefully you'll find the conversation I had with Nick earlier today useful. Hopefully it helps you with your refereeing or it may prompt some thoughts as to how you might deal with um, being more resilient mentally on the field when you take refereeing or even those outside of it and it's got a really compelling story and a really heartfelt story and we hope that you take something um, from the conversation that we had so I'll leave you with that there um, and I'll head over to listen to that conversation we recorded earlier today with Nick. Nick Marshall you're very welcome to join us how are you mate? Good evening Keith thanks so much for having me. Cool. So yeah, I mean, Nick and I have known each other quite quite a while from uh, refereeing down here in the Hampshire area. Um, Nick's gone is gone a separate direction now, and I'm kind of just going to let him tell his story. Um, we've got quite a bit to, to talk about, obviously relating to mental health and just in in general. Um, but we're also going to bring this down to um, the mental impact or the psychological impacts that impact us on the field so during those 80 minutes where we um, get onto the field if anyone can remember those those fun times and as we sort of look forward to, to doing that again um, later this year or, or, or soon depending if you're watching this from from another hemisphere um, you'll be able to pick up some of these things so we can like talk both generically and specifically um, about that um, so Nick tell us a little bit about you you are you are a referee how, how have we got to where we are from a refereeing perspective who is Nick Marshall so um, Nick Marshall is an individual that started playing, I was quite a late bloomer to playing rugby. Um, I didn't start actually playing until I was 21, 22. I was in the uh, Royal Air Force um, and then sort of playing bits and pieces, traveling around the country, kept having to find new clubs and was getting quite peeved with the process and a few clicks in a few different clubs that I was at. And well, I kind of speaking to a referee friend of mine and I've been quite critical about referees at a tournament. I was over in Akrotiri um, in Cyprus and somebody challenged me to say, if you can't, if you can't beat us, join us. So, uh, so I did. And then very, very quickly, uh, myself and um, Adam Leal were down with you guys down in Hampshire. Um, both of us were just getting pushed. And, and I think the relationship that Adam and I built up quite quickly was just a really sort of, um, a strong bond but also competitive where we're both trying to sort of get ahead of each other and and really some really great opportunities that were given to me through through the team through um, Paul Burton uh, yourself as a training officer at the time and, and um, Simon Thomas and, and various other people Mr Kimber as the, the appointments secretary at the time so yeah really grateful for some really good opportunities at the time and then sort of 
posted around the country, uh, got up to level six with you guys and then moved up to London, did a bit with London and then went up to the Midlands and got on Midlands group. Um, refereeing at level five, did about 12 months there and then um, decided that it was time, um, had a conversation with um, some people in, on the national panel and decided to take up the flag and, and sort of that was about three years ago now and haven't really looked back since, probably a little bit longer actually. Haven't really looked back since now, and um, I've been operating as part of the PGMOT now for well, this must be my third season. So, so yeah, so this is um, obviously this is a, a little bit of a, a shorter season this year, but and yeah, that, and that obviously that, that's the Premiership PGMOT. It's the Premiership group of match officials here in England. Um, so it's fantastic, um, kind of. You, you've got to the the places where many many people in the group would, would aspire to, to go. Tell us a little bit about the the off field stuff as well if, if that's all right yeah of course so um obviously with today we're talking about mental health um as you alluded to before mental health awareness week um but it's not just a subject for this week it's a subject for the whole year um i'm particularly passionate about mental health particularly men's mental health having been uh, someone that suffers depression um i still suffer with depression um, I'm not in a depressive state right now, but I have been in some really dark places and um, we'll go into it a little bit more very shortly. But I've, I find myself sort of contemplating situations and, and really in the dark depths where unfortunately it's becoming a lot more common where people are, are, are finding themselves. And uh, for me, I didn't really get the support and help that I wanted um, and needed. I kind of papered over the cracks initially um, when I was going through my first bout of depression and suicidal tendencies. Um, and then it kind of got people off my back by saying, yep, yeah, I'm fine. That typical cliche, mm. I, hate, I hate the line, I'm fine. Um, it doesn't really mean anything. And then it all sort of went downhill again, um, went downhill again. And, and I ended up sort of having to admit to myself that I needed some help. And sort of how long are we now? Probably four years. It was... Um, probably four or five years ago now, um, I'm in a completely different place. Set up Marshall in Men's Minds back in June uh, last year. We're nearly a year old now, which is un- amazing. Um, and I just, I, I'm quite happy to stand there in front of people and talk about my my um, experiences, but also to try and help other people. Because if I'm ugly enough and, and silly enough that I can sort of stand up there and, and talk about my issues, then anybody else can. And it's it's all about accepting it yourself. Go back to that. I mean, I I always classify myself as being really fortunate never to have been in that that state. How does it? Were you aware when you go when you're first becoming, I guess, into that depressive state that you talk about? Were you were aware of that? Was it just a thing? Did it? Was there a particular trigger? Um, lot, lots of people, I guess, in 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 our in our world's perhaps military backgrounds, there might be a trigger that comes from serving and all that kind of stuff. What was it that kind of brought it out into your your own mind, or you? you how did you recognise that um, there was an issue? Um, so I, it, it's very difficult. A lot of men try and hide things mm. because there's a little bit of macho status. There's also a little bit of not wanting to admit that something's affecting them. And I was very much like that. And it took me a long, long time to finally accept that there was a problem. And I mean, it's actually a really good question. Um, for me, it was probably when my son was born and I was I was actually contemplating saying goodbye to him. And that was the realism that hit him for me. But had, had I not had my son at the time, then 
it could have been a different story and and dread to think that that could have been the case but it's kind of it's a really difficult one it's mental health everybody has mental health Mm. that you don't one day consider yourself as fine and the next day consider yourself as depressive there's always there's always triggers um as an ex-military man, people will, will attribute post-traumatic stress disorder to, to military, but that's not not the case. I, I don't suffer with post-trauma, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. However, there have been instances in my life. Um, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes quite quite late on, only, only about four years ago for that. So there were sort of question marks whether that was a traumatic incident. So it can be absolutely anything. Um, but as I say, mental health is something that everybody has uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just building and being able to control your triggers and control the bad things that happen in your life. And, and that's what I do with my group is try and provide people with different mechanisms, different coping strategies to try and help them get a little bit more about coping strategies for, for the rugby rugby field and off the pitch and things to to deal with extra stresses when when things are going on. But but yeah, it's it's a very very different story to what somebody else might be going through. But everybody is very very different. There are there will be similar similarities to people listening to this pod uh, to this um, conversation and the podcast subsequently. But there's no two ways of doing anything. And something that works for me might not work for somebody else, but something somebody else might suggest might work for that person. So it's all about collaborative working. And that's what my group is all about, listening to each other. Nick Marshall just facilitates that conversation. And that, that is what I like the most about what we do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and would those around you have noticed? There's a, we talk about that bravado and the macho-ness from from blokes we were good at hiding stuff would anyone around you have noticed that you were going through this could could they have flagged it earlier could they have said something or, or were you just hiding it i think where i said before that i i masked the first time um i kind of people realized people around me realized that nick marshall wasn't right and the more you get to know somebody you will be able to be able to identify their triggers um if something i don't know something might set somebody off completely irrationally and that's that's what was happening with me the slightest thing used to really set me to 100 um where my coping mechanisms there were none in place so i didn't have any capacity to deal with normal things so it was really my wife that identified that i was struggling but because i hadn't fully come to terms with it myself i i said i was fine and i got a little bit of treatment and then i kind of thought yeah that'll please everybody and then continued with down the road that I was going on and hadn't actually identified any of the root causes and things like that so it's all about that individual and you and you can't push somebody into getting help because that was and that was often the the problem where people were saying look Nick you're not right you need to get help but because I hadn't accepted it myself I wasn't in the right frame of mind does that does that make sense yeah no it makes perfect sense I mean you often and particularly at, at the moment it's obviously difficult to to judge how people are i guess because we we are all remote from each other even more so than normal so i guess it's difficult even more difficult in the current climate to spot those things so you talk about the trigger for you was perhaps you were a bit short and snappy about stuff what are the sort of other things that people might be witnessing off the, off the field still we're not talking about on the field type stuff yes but it might filter through what sort of the other of the common triggers that you hear from other people in, in your group um 
we've got such a wide range of individuals as part of the group. We've got people that are 19, 20, very young, um, single people, um, sort of going to work, going partying and things like that. And then you've got other people that um, I've got a 70, 72, 73 year old who unfortunately um, his son took his life a few years ago and he's suffered with depression for many, many, many years. But unfortunately, because of the stigmas around not opening up back in back when he was younger, he couldn't kind of come to terms with it like society does nowadays. So in terms of looking at that one size fits all, there's no there's no set individual. And if you if you sort of had a blank canvas and you said, draw me somebody that you would consider having mental health, you could literally sit there and draw anybody because even if you sit there in, in a coffee shop and you, you look around having a drink, you don't know what people have got going on. And as I said before, everybody has mental health. It, it, everybody has stresses in life. It's how you deal with those stresses that they don't escalate and end up in, into depression and anxiety. So let's let's bring this down to to a refereeing perspective because obviously we've all got these things going on in our, in our outside lives, uh, our public lives, our private lives, all sorts of things going on. But then for for eighty minutes a week, uh, we cross that line and we're on, we're we're on show, we're in, we're in public. Um, when we've talked th- about this before, we've kind of talked about the the sort of on field triggers that can cause. And people just to, to go into a sort of psychological state or, or react differently when it comes to dealing with people. Um, what are the sort of common things that we, we should be thinking about to identify when we're under pressure, I guess, on the field and, and how we up that resilience level? I think the, the, the key word there is resilience. And I think it's all about building it up before we walk over the whitewash. And, and that stems from the drive to the game and, and even in the warm up where you're just trying to clear your mind and focus on the game that's in front of you. Because if you start bringing issues that you've got going on out from outside, for example, you've had an argument with your partner in the morning or, um, I don't know, you've had a car accident or something, something that could potentially cause stress that you're going to then bring to the game, it's then going to make you make bad decisions. And the reason for that is because you haven't got the capacity to deal with what's in front of you. Um, now, unfortunately, as a, as a referee, you are the sole judge. You're the individual with a whistle, and then there's 30 blokes plus whoever else on the touchline looking at you to make decisions. If you make a bad one, then unfortunately, there are a few games values issues at the moment going on, and it, there is a possibility that somebody will get on your back. If we flip the coin over, and if a player is walking across the, the, the touchline, and having a game of rugby after just having an argument, then they tend to take it out on other players and, and put big hits in. Or, or if you go into the violent world or, or the illegal world, they they start having fights and, and do whatever they can to get their aggression out. Now, a referee cannot do that. And I'm not saying that referees should go in and start fighting. That's probably pretty bad. Um, but it, it's all about having that mental capacity to make decisions. Um, and... The way that I used to deal with things, and unfortunately, I, I actually had a few bad games a couple of years ago where I was having things were building up from away from the pitch and trying to get onto the pitch to clear my mind, and I couldn't because I couldn't have the capacity because I again didn't have those coping strategies to deal with the the day to day stuff, and I ended up taking it onto the pitch and ended up making some bad decisions, and unfortunately, that affected me me personally. Um, and I would just say to anybody, just try and just whatever it is you you need to listen to or whether you need to read a, uh, a poem or whatever 
anything that works for you. Try different things just to try and clear your mind before you walk onto a rugby pitch. I mean, weirdly, I mean, I always tell a story about one of my best ever games that I remember was was the kind of reverse of that. Is that um, it was one of those last, literally last minute call up games where I was it was in, when I was in the East Midlands. I was I was did a placement year at uni in Luton, and I got a call. I was I just finished my tea. I was on the sofa, twenty five past six, um, from Stockwood Park Rugby Club, which is at the top of Luton, to say referee stuck on the M. M1, not going to make it, you're doing it, get up there. Um, and, and I remember that game so clearly um, as being one of my best ever because I didn't have the capacity to deal with anything apart from that. So it kind of, I was able to box it all aside. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that, that's kind of the opposite approach to, to controlling the controllables bit that often comes up in this conversation. But I think, I think at the same time, spontane- spontaneity is almost puts you under that pressure and, and you could have quite easily gone two ways. You could have gone and buckled under the pressure or you could have quite easily thrived under it. And clearly you remember it vividly because you enjoyed that occasion and the adrenaline rush that it fell with it. But people that possibly struggling with situations might anxiety wise might struggle with that. Mm. And and even um, I always look at games when Adam and myself were sort of getting the fixtures and things like that three or four weeks in advance and you've got the assessor coming to your to a level seven game and you're desperate to get to level six and this could be your big break. And you almost build that anxiety up and the pressure that you're putting on yourself for that one game that's three or four weeks in advance, but you're not necessarily considering the game that you've got coming this weekend. So it's all about putting things in perspective and, and building up to things, but it's all got to be, um, you have to plan, you have to put your structures in place and, and however you do that, it, it, it works. It works for you. Just try it individually. I mean, I remember having a conversation with one of my coaches about, I mean, it's a, but I just said control the controllables. He had this, um, uh, this picture of the egg sort of, control the white egg so write down to draw a picture of a big egg on a bit of a4 paper so write down all the things that you're in control of um and put them on the outside the things you can't control put in the middle um it's always that mantra for me is remember the white egg stuff because that's the stuff you can control um whether that's a coping strategy whether it's a preparation strategy but things like travel time being late have you got the right kit do you know the regulations do you know the person you're going to meet when you get there all those sorts of things you can control so that goes into the white egg stuff the bit you can't control the weather never worried about the weather can't do anything about it cope with it and all that kind of stuff so the things like that you can't control go in the middle um, and then it becomes the mantra that we worked through as with my coach at the time was white egg well that was the phrase that was the phrase for me and even my wife still occasionally refers to white egg because that because because that's the thing are there any other tools and tips that you've come across over your time for to kind of bring that sort of out for, for those who might have recognizing that situation that you've just talked about that that big game that's built up that big local derby that assessment game ahead of a, um, a grading committee i think one of the things that i would say to any aspiring referee to, to anybody who's refereeing and i say it to the guys in my group give yourself a break and it, and my guys the number of times I say that, uh, I probably say, uh, well, I'd have a lot of money if I uh, had a pound for every time I said it. But what I mean by give yourself a break is just don't try not to put too much pressure on yourself. The reason why people put anybody in a situation, particularly with a match, they want to see how you how you can cope with that, that position. 
assessors and um, appointment secretaries, they don't want to see people fail. That, that's not how it works. So by by people having the confidence that they're, they're in there for the right reasons, then they can start believing in themselves. And it's all about not being pessimistic, all about looking at the positivity, positives in situations. Something I then sort of brought into my game is a lot of visualization. So again, controlling the controllable. So wearing the right boots. So if it's absolutely lashing down, probably putting your blades on is not the right decision. You need to get the big studs out. Or if you know you're going to somewhere with a horrendously dry pitch and it's September, then you need something to look after your feet. Cause if you're going to get blisters or whatever, then you need to prepare, prepare properly. But at the same time is you can pick up the telephone and if you muck a, as, as um, gone with the team the week before and you know that the, the loose head's a pain because he gets a bit leery and doesn't like to scrummage then do your preparation but at the same time when you're at the ground and you're listening to your music just try and visualize situations walk around the pitch thinking about how you will deal with different situations every breakdown is different we know that every line out is different but the setup is the same the, the setup of the scrum is the same by by being that automatism into the situation you then can control things outside of that so you then have the capacity because you know it's crouch bind crouch bind set and you know where um the front rows have to put their heads and simple things like that then you have the capacity to deal with other additional stuff and if people are then slingshotting and things and you just have that periphery and it just opens up and you can walk around them with your chest out and suddenly everything starts falling into place if you start struggling with the little things that, like you say, you wear the wrong boots or you turn up late, you're then chasing your tail and you end up under pressure and it's all self-induced. And unfortunately, that will then snowball and nine times out of ten, you'll probably have a bad game as a result of it. So we talked earlier when we were talking more generally about triggers and being aware of it and then how to address them. Can we just talk about that in a game context? So we've got... We're 25 minutes in it's all been going reasonably well and suddenly something happens um, and we have to refocus or revisualize what what's going on have you ever used any tips or or triggers in your own refereeing or your own capacity to, to to bring those to get yourself back on track if that's the right phrase yeah so if we if we think that there's been i don't know a flare-up at a scrum um it's a wet day forwards game and the previous scrum's gone down, so you think, right, I'm going to take a bit more time, and then we've all gone up and everybody's handbags. There's two ways that you can look at a situation, and this goes for any sort of um, conflict that somebody is facing, and it's the fight-or-flight analogy. Um, my, I'm a massive fan of, of flight. Now, when I say flight, it doesn't mean running away. People always say that to me, Nick, surely that's just running away from a problem. No, it's not. You're removing yourself from that situation to give yourself time to compose yourself, to bring your blood pressure down so that you can speak and you can actually give yourself the capacity. Because if you end up trying to react to players when they're trying to um, hit seven bells out of each other, then you're going to end up rising up to their level and you're not going to be able to deal and not going to have the capacity to deal with situation by removing yourself and we're always taught to walk backwards when you're trying to when everything's calm just walk backwards get you gain your composure and then you're in so much of a better position to 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 see what you've just seen to repeat it back in your mind and then deliver um accurately what you're going to do and then you can regain control whereas on the flip side if you're then 
in the fight situation where you're trying to combat some really difficult people, you're trying to react to their level, you're going to become quite flustered. You're going to use probably short, sharp language. You may even slip in a swear word because you're under pressure. And then that obviously looks bad because you've lost control. And then unfortunately, the rest of the game, the next six, um, 55, 60 minutes or whatever it is, players are more likely to push you because they want to see that reaction. So by gaining that composure and that control will really help you for the rest of the game. And I guess sometimes we get some some great opportunities to, to do that if we have an, an injury break or a replacement or something like that that just gives us that second to take a breath, look up, get the air back in. I guess all those, those opportunities present themselves through it. We actually had a, an interesting conversation on the in the Facebook group over at Ref Squad, if you're not a member of that, if you head to refsquad.com, that will bounce you into the, the, the Facebook group. You're more than welcome to come and join us because we have some great conversations around all sorts of topics. Um, but last week we were talking about time um, and how people use half time, particularly in the community game where it, it, it's you, 30 players, and maybe six or seven other people around the pitch rather than, I guess, the glory world that we operate in where we've got plenty of people to talk to. Um, how do you think people can use that, I guess, that half-time way, half-time spot to, to refocus? Uh, you make a funny point there, actually, where uh, you suggest that the, the higher levels where we've got people to talk to, sometimes we don't want to speak to those people. Um, but no, again, everybody's different. And, and all I would suggest, again, for the build-up of the game, it's exactly the same during half-time. You set your whatever you want. And it has to be you personally. If you've got an assessor that's on the side or you've got your coach in and they want to come and have a chat with you, if it doesn't fit in with what you want to do, then don't do it. The, the, the sort of 10, 15 minutes that you have for that to regain your composure, to get to rehydrate if it's a hot day or, or a cold day or whatever, whatever process you need to do. I've known people that uh, listen to music at halftime. I know people that have, um, I don't know, check the football scores whatever it is to just try and remove their mind from the game to refocus because often in the first 40 minutes of a game there's going to be a couple of contentious decisions was there a try wasn't there a try or am I going to go out do I need to go and balance that decision well no we don't balance decisions but if something's playing on your mind from the first half you then start thinking about it in the second half but for just have, by having that sort of purge at half time and re, 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 resetting refocusing and treating the second half like you've just not refereed the first half. That's probably the way I would advise, but just set something that works for you. And what, what, what do you do? Are you a leave me alone kind of guy or are you a talk to anyone about anything? Kind? Um, to be honest, that depends on my, the game I've just had. And, and I, I tend to have, we have a bit of a chat about, um, about the game. We don't really talk about, depending on the referee that I'm with, most referees don't talk about contentious decisions. We'll have a chat about scrummage and pictures and things like that. But but generally, most referees just like it really lighthearted because if you've got a particularly intense game, you, the last thing you want is an intense changing room because it just adds to that pressure that you're putting on yourselves. And we, we always put a bit of music on and just have, have, have time for ourselves. Uh, and I'm somebody that I just like to like. I look at the football scores. I'll have. I check at the horse racing results if there's an opportunity, just to get my mind away from rugby, so that I'm not adding that pressure to myself. And conversely, I'm actually the opposite of that. So I've always kind of tried to use that half time slot as a way of either confirming what I thought 
um, or getting a sense of what somebody else is thinking, whether that's um, someone who looks vaguely friendly on the side, um, or or we have that when I mean, we have the conversation, don't we, about if you are operating out there and you have an assessor, do you talk to them at half time? Um, you may have a view on that. I my personal view is why wouldn't if you're comfortable with with that, why wouldn't you get an impression from what they're thinking? Because um, then that that could give you forty minutes to solve what they're they're looking at. Um, but I, I fully accept that that can also then cause you problems to either both psychologically and physiologically to try and spot something. Because if, if you weren't aware of it, then you've got to suddenly quick get ahead of it. So yeah, there's, there's a million and one answers to, to that. And I guess, as, as you've just alluded to, um, it's about us finding our own way of doing it and, and our own style and, and our approach to communication and that time and and how we are going to absorb that information or help if we want if we want it i think the key that you've just alluded to there is is why not use somebody's knowledge um the assessors are still match officials and still part of our society so let's use their experience and if they've seen a certain trend where i sort of allude to where not talking to much uh, to to assessors and things is where they start trying to change your perception of something mm. um that confirmatory is really key because if you are something maybe you do need that reassurance if you've got a wily loose head that's that's being a pain maybe you do need that little bit of hey assessor or coach is that player doing that oh thanks very much so i can still stick to it or if um, the breakdown needs tidying up or something like that but where we're not looking so we'll turn around and go, well, that should have been a try. You you clearly missed that. And then suddenly you're putting that pressure on yourself. Oh, I need to work harder. So there is a balance to be had. But yeah, but why not use their experience? They're standing on the touchline. They're there to help you. They don't want to see you fail. So so yeah, I agree with you on that point. I guess not everyone, we're not always going to have those assessors or coaches with us. So the other thing I've often done, if you are, if, you, if, if it is a, a tricky game, sometimes you do just need a friendly face. So And you have, might have to just hunt one out. There's usually somebody there at a community game with a with a flask of coffee or a pint or something that you can go and have a, a moment of comedy value with of some description just to kind of give you that, get somebody to smile at you because we've all had games where no one else is going to do it if you don't find it. Yeah, that's, yeah massively massively important and if you've got a, a crowd that's giving you a bit of a, a bit of banter um at the first half then why not have a go and have a laugh and a joke with them you, you we're all human we all like that um that feeling of of um the pressure uh, but also at the same time they're there to enjoy game rugby so they probably have a bit of a laugh back with you it, as i say it's just that personal personality that you bring into the pitch not robot um, one thing that somebody talked about in the group, and I'll just get your view on this, is about using time triggers to kind of reset. We often talk about that if you, particularly if you've if you've got ARs or you're at that level where you've got extra support, having people feed into you. Um, one thing that I've often done through through time is have, particularly in the second half, when I know that my concentration is likely to go um, related to probably fitness levels rather than anything else. But that's might just I know that, I know enough about myself that that's an issue. Um, is to use 10 minute time triggers to say look after 10 minutes i just need it where you can set an alarm or set a, a reminding ping on your phone or some form of thing if you've got ars to say give me time checks just to give you that mental kick that you need to just keep concentrating or you need to switch back on and things like that and anything else like that you've ever done um yeah very similar people have suggested um time checks every again everybody's different people break down halves as you said there to 10 minutes 10 minute chunks i always had a, a sort of blip especially after christmas it took me a few weeks to get back into it 
sort of 55 to 60 minutes was always my time to have a bit of a flat spot. Um, a lot of the referees that I talk that I'm working with nowadays, they'll have sort of always allude 70 minutes, always talk about the 70 minute point where we referee the last 10 as we referee the first 70. Um, what, again, it, it's bringing that level of structure into your game and just trying different things. And if an alarm every 10 minutes just to give you that reset or give you that sort of um, almost visual um, factor to say, right, we're 40 minutes through or 50 minutes or 60 minutes and so on and so forth, I've got 20 to go whatever works for you just try things and because you never know until you do try things cool well nick, nick there's been some really good conversation there um both um, generally about um mental health issues and then how we deal with things on on the parks i really appreciate you joining us tonight to to kind of no talk talk about some of those things I, I think we've just scratched the surface i think on on many of those subjects um if people want to, to talk about their own situations or, or they want help or guidance or an ear to talk to any suggestions as to where we might suggest they head yeah so um from a personal level uh, you've tagged it on the page uh, so thanks so much for that uh, but my group we are there obviously a lockdown at the moment people are suffering um where they're stuck in their four walls all i will say to people is just try and remain strong and just use different types of media to try and talk to talk to your friends talk to your family but worst worst case scenario um drop me an email um and come and talk to me you can find the message page on the facebook link um but also we have an email address it's info at marshallingmensminds.co.uk that will come to me and i can talk to people as i say nick marshall doesn't know all the answers but what i will do is have a conversation with people to allow them the opportunity to unload and as i said before having the capacity to deal with different situations where we are stuck in lockdown we're stuck in um a coronavirus uh, endemic at the moment and people are worried about going outside so without having to add additional stress factors to people um otherwise we're going to end up blowing up and, and that's not good um so any way that people want to release drop me a message um we can have face-to-face -face calls we can do whatever needs we can put things in place and just get talking it's really really important that people talk because i didn't do that and it nearly got me um in a really bad place I'm slightly conscious that we've got people in the group and listening to the podcast who are outside the UK. So if I could just flag the website mentalhealth.org, um, they've got global resources and they'll be able to drill um, drill down into your particular um, country, no matter where you are. You'll be able to get the help that you need locally um, if, if you're outside of the UK. So please, um, if you do anything, just do one of those two things. Drop Nick a line. Um, look at the website i'm looking at it, look at it now and their strap line as nick just said is let's talk about it because it's such an important thing that we do to whomever about what about whatever it is that's that's getting to you so um please do take the time to just have a think about what we've talked about today um how you're feeling um if you need to reach out to, to any of us um we're here we are a refereeing community that is um the name of this facebook group and, and the podcast all about community and we want to make sure that we um i guess as sole um, operators in, in the rugby space often um, that you're not on your own you're totally not on your own um, and we want you to to feel part of the community which is why we've set this this group up um, which is why we've got the podcast to talk about these things um, and it's really um, great Nick to have your uh, expertise and, and to hear your story um, as somebody who's done that and benefited so much from it and I just plug um, I'm actually affiliated to a sevens rugby team as well and I know obviously we're here as referees but there's a there's a team called the Dodger sevens 
Um, they are somebody that I'm working really closely with. Uh, they're a team of guys that are all around the country that have one way or another had mental health issues themselves or somebody really close to them. And we're really trying to push the story and I'm just trying to uh, sort of share their message as well. So please check out the Dodger sevens on Facebook as well. They're really, really good guys and I'm working really closely with them as well. Brilliant. Check them out. We'll certainly include those links in the group and on the podcast show notes. Um, So look out for that um, in due course. Nick, thanks very much. Thanks so much, Keith. Great to see you. Um, thanks very much as ever look we're, we're here to help you if there are subjects that you want to um, if you want to talk about um, you want us to cover on the podcast you want us to get into more depth with people like Nick then please do let me know and we'll absolutely cover it for you we're here to help um, to help you become uh, a better referee that's what we're all about but for now take care look after yourselves um, do talk find somebody to talk to and we'll see you very soon Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, We'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, about this podcast. This is the only Rugby Referee podcast out there, um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time. We'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments. So please let us have them. Um, You can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through Twitter at rugbyrefereenet, which is the same handle you'll find on Instagram as well. We're in all those places, so please do let us know what you think, let us know what you want um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future. So for now, that is Advantage Over.